From the epistle of James, you also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. I speak to you today in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of y'all were laughing at me as I struggled to lower the pulpit here. It's an old apparatus, and the last person to preach in this pulpit was 6'4", and I am not 6'4". Uh, I am a lot of things, uh, but 6'4 is not one of them, and another one is patient. I am not a patient person uh, by nature. Uh, it uh, drives my wife crazy. It drives my children crazy. Uh, I am not a patient person, and uh, the older I get, the less patient I am. I tell them that's because the older I get, I have less and less time left. Uh, we live in a world, friends, where patience is getting harder and harder to come by, where we want everything immediately, instantly. Yesterday is when I need it. Um, we are impatient people. Um, yesterday morning, uh, I was uh, blessed to be able to go out and watch our Little League basketball team, St. John's. Uh, Golden Eagles, we're playing in the church league basketball team in the eight and under bracket, and uh, it was good because uh, we whipped the Baptists badly. <laughs> and uh, there's, that has no point in my sermon that we whipped the Baptists badly, but it's worth saying. <laughs> but as I was heading home from Ebenezer Baptist Church, I was going home, and my wife and I had a couple of house guests, and I called her just to check in. It was about 9.15 in the morning heading home from the basketball game, and she asked if I would go to Hardy's and get some biscuits <clears throat> for the folks that were at our house. Now, I don't know the last time you were at Hardy's at 9.15 on a Saturday morning, but as near as I could count, there were 287 cars <laughs> in the drive-thru. It went around the restaurant twice, and uh, as I said earlier, I'm not a patient man. And I looked at the line, and I, I even uh, flirted with just going inside, but the, side, the inside, the line was even longer than outside. And after I waited for what seemed like six or eight months, <laughs> I got my biscuits and headed home. I looked at my watch, actually, and I was only in the line for like eight and a half or nine minutes. But it seemed like forever. Such is my impatience. Such is our impatience. It seemed like it took forever. Friends, today is the third Sunday of Advent, and Advent is nothing if it's not a season of patience. It's a season of hope, it's a season of expectation, and it's a season of waiting. It's a season that requires patience. Maybe the only thing that takes longer than the Hardee's drive-through on Saturday mornings was waiting for Santa Claus to come when I was a little child. I remember when my mom would tell me it was five days away, it was four days away, it seemed like the 23rd to the 25th took weeks and weeks and weeks and it was because we were so excited about what was coming. 
Maybe you are like I am. Maybe you struggle with patience in certain areas of your life. And as we come into this second half of the season of Advent, today is the third of four Sundays, I believe our epistle lesson speaks to this. Look at it with me, if you will. James is writing to the believers, the early Christians, in the epistle. And in verse 7, he says it right out of the gate. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Be patient until be patient until the coming of the Lord. And when we're talking about the coming of Jesus during this season of Advent as the church and as God's people, I think it's important for us to remember that we're actually talking about three different comings. One, certainly during the season of Advent, we're talking about the annual celebration or remembrance of the incarnation, Jesus coming into the world as a child, putting on flesh. That is something that we are talking about to be sure. Number two, we're also talking about Jesus's second coming, that he's going to come again to judge the quick and the dead. And that's what James is talking about in his epistle. He's writing to the early Christians after Jesus has been crucified, raised from the dead and has ascended into heaven and they're waiting for him to come back expectantly. So it's the, the first coming that we celebrate during Advent and Christmas, the second coming that we're always waiting for as the church in the in-between times, and then the third coming that we always are called to wrestle with and take great delight in is Jesus's just daily visitation in our hearts and in our lives and in his church through the power of his Holy Spirit. We're always talking about Jesus just coming and being present with us in the moment, in our struggles and uh, in our impatiences. Uh, James gives us the image, if you keep looking at it with us, of a farmer. And I think that that image is helpful. Um, I was blessed beyond measure uh, to be in Bishopville, South Carolina last night. Uh, my father's side of the family uh, we're all farmers in Bishopville, and they host a big Christmas party, and I'm like fourth generation, and I was able to go out to the family farm. It's a different house, but it was my great-grandfather's house, and uh, at some one point, I kind of slipped out of the party, and I walked around in the fields and went and walked in the tractor sheds and looked at those things, and I was thinking about the hard work and the diligence and just the overwhelming patience that is required to work the land, to be a farmer. Farmers have to be steady. They have to be stable and they have to be steadfast and they don't get paid till the very end when the crops come in. And it is a, 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 a work of hope and expectation that most of us are not familiar with. Most of us get paid once a week, every other week, once a month, but farmers do all this work waiting for the harvest and they have to be patient and they have to be stable and they have to be steady. So during Advent, as a church and as a people waiting for Christ to return, we have James saying to be patient and to establish our hearts. Uh, he's writing to believers to challenge them about right Christian behavior, about practice, what they are called to do and what they are called not to do. And he challenges his readers to be patient 
and to establish their hearts. See, friends, in our patience during this season of Advent, there is heart work to be done. Uh, on the farm, I looked around and realized, thank goodness, uh, I am not called to be a farmer because I'm not tough enough. That's hard work that they're doing with patience. But we have heart work to be done to establish our hearts. And I looked up that word, establish. And it means to make firm, to make stable, to make steadfast, to set up or to build something that will last. We're challenged, friends, to establish our hearts, our center of being, our soul, our consciences. And we can't do this on our own. In our gospel lesson today, we have John the Baptist who is in prison, patiently waiting on the coming of Jesus, asking the question of Jesus through his followers, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? He's saying, are you it or do we have to keep on waiting? Do we have to keep on waiting? See, he's waiting for the Savior. He's waiting for a king. The people were looking for stability and steadfastness. Friends, this is what the world was waiting for. This is what the people of Israel were waiting for, and it's what you and I are waiting for as well. Whether we know it or not, this is what we are looking for, friends, during this season of Advent and always in our lives. We are looking for hope in a world that far too often seems hopeless. We are looking for good in a world where the bad seems to attack us all day, every day. It's hard to read the newspaper or look at the television without seeing the bad. We are looking for stability and steadfastness. This is the hope of Advent. This is the promise of the gospel. And friends, this is God's desire for us. It is interesting that James uses the phrase, establish your heart. And I looked up that word, establish in my handy dandy dictionary which my high school biology teacher gave me uh, as I graduated from high school I still have it um, and occasionally I go on the computer and I go on my phone to look stuff up but I, I still my first choice is still a book uh, for those of you too young your parents can tell you what a book is uh, I like them because I've been a 90 year old man since I was in about the sixth grade but I looked in my book and I looked up the word establish. And like I said, it means to make stable or steadfast, to make trustworthy or reliable, permanent, not shaky or temporary. That's what uh, establish means as a verb, to set something up. But the other thing that is very interesting to me, and I've never thought about this before in my life, and maybe you haven't either, but uh, the word, that's what the word stable means. It's part of that same root word of establish, e-stable, to make stable. But the noun stable, I'd never made that connection before between the noun stable and the verb to be made stable. And the noun stable is a building or an enclosure uh, where horses or cows or domestic animals are kept. It's a building or a structure uh, where Jesus Christ was born. Think about that for just a minute. That Jesus was born in a stable, the building, the noun, 
in order to come into the world and make the world stable, to establish his kingdom, to establish his rule, to establish his love, and to establish his dominion forever, to make stable, friends, all of creation. Jesus came into the world to make stable the world, to make stable the church, and to make stable our lives in the midst of the turmoil and the ever-changing winds of it. He came to make stable, brothers and sisters, all things. Jesus Christ put on flesh and was born in a stable, in this crazy, sinful, going to hell in a handbasket world. He put on flesh and was born in a stable to make stable the world, to make stable your lives, to make stable our hearts. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.